Hello and welcome to It's Laney. It's happening. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you rang my doorbell and you're over here to talk to me, neighbor. I'm the Mr. Rogers of bitching about shit that's crummy. So let's get into it. I'm putting on my cardigan. I'm talking to a puppet. And you know that I am having a wonderful time in the neighborhood. <laughs> this week, I examine winter tips for seasonal depression, just like Martha Stewart. (laughs) And I look into the future. I dream of what's to come, what could possibly happen, and the beautiful glowing feeling I'll have when I unlock my true potential as a 29-year-old in 2018. Big shout out to Peekaboo for sponsoring us this week. They get people jobs. Use them. It's amazing. Uh, And of course, I'm going to do the motherfucking question. And this is near and dear to my heart. So I really appreciate you guys for sending these in. So sit down, stand up, turn around, put your foot in the middle. And it's the hokey pokey of shows, motherfucker. Let's do it. (laughs) Go. going to say that the winter has been very difficult for me and I am struggling. I am very stressed out and emotional and I don't know why I'm so emotional. And I think it might just be that I get really sad in the winter and that I just kind of have to chill out and deal with it. And it's not good. I don't like it. So here's what I'm going to recommend to my, you know what, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to be my own therapist (laughs) and I will recommend me uh, what will make me feel better for each of my symptoms. Okay. So here we go. Here's, uh, what are what are your symptoms, Lainey? Oh, no, I feel I can't get out of my bed every day. Ah, interesting issue, Lainey, if that is your real name. I recommend that you set an alarm and then you set and then you and then you make an appointment with a friend so that you have somewhere to be so that you have to be there and make it really... Make yourself a schedule. I'm a therapist. Do that. Oh, wow. That's such a good idea. Also, you should set your alarm 10 more times because you're not going to wake up and you really need 10 alarms. Um, It's an issue, but you know what? I do what I got to do. So number, yeah, yeah, that one. Definitely, I have to set a million alarms. And this is the first thing that helps with my depression. Okay, let's do the next symptom. I... Can't okay. The first one was I can't get myself out of bed. The second one is I can't get myself to leave my house. Um, okay, hello, I'm your therapist, lady. Um, set at least one goal for yourself to do a day, and that's kind of how I think of things, which is honestly kind of like a one day at a time thing. But but it's more like okay, listen, you have to do one thing today. Like literally, this is your only. Like I'm so. <laughs> stressed out that I'm like, I know that I can do one thing today. If I focus all my energy, it's like, this is the one thing you have to do. Um, So I made that go to yoga. And then after I do yoga, I have to take a shower just because like physically I can't not because, and this is the the thing about doing yoga. I have some sort of curse. It's like definitely some sort of um, mountain people cursed my ancestors because the amount that me and my sisters sweat is not okay first of all it's not cute it's not cute it's actually is this a gland disorder because I can't tell and it looks like it like I want to be really clear that it's not like a cute amount like oh man you're so moist all the time no it's like 
I have been going to yoga class and this is and this is oh my god it just takes me back to being in in um gym class in school which is that you do like a light trot and you I have your little ponytail and it's like you want to be cute but my face turns beet red and that is a thing that people say lightly but what I mean is that my skin color is sickly cancer patient luminous ghost white that's the color that I am and then I trot lightly for 30 seconds and my face is the color of tomato soup but looks like an allergic reaction and every time people see me you know when you tell people their face is red it's not like cute like oh you're blushing it's intense like do you need a doctor that's what people think when they see my face they're like are you okay like that it's not like Oh, you okay? Like you a little winded? (laughs) Surely after the tennis game we had, check out the diamonds on my tennis bracelet. I've also got the elbow. (laughs) Tennis! It's for us. I used to work. At, one of my first jobs was uh, as a uh, at the desk at a tennis club. Can you believe that? I played tennis for a year in high school, and um, I was pretty good. I was um, the first year I started. I made the team, and. Also, none of the girls liked me, but I really liked playing tennis. <laughs> so they thought I was super weird. Like, I, I, uh, they just definitely thought I was super, super weird. I had that problem so much. Okay. Anyway, backtracking to the original point, tennis. <laughs> I've bested you, Carol. Ha ha. So it's not that kind of rich person, Ariana Grande ass Kim Kardashian sweat. You know what I mean? And actually, Kim Kardashian is misleading because I bet she's got a bunch of like tin-based products that block all of her sweat glands because she's a sweaty-ass girl. And I can tell you that she's fighting it. I'm just telling you like she, I'm sure that she like doesn't eat. Like some people, they're, you know, when you know a tiny person and they're so skinny and they're like, I just don't eat. And you're like, I hate you. And But it's like they actually have such a small appetite they can't comprehend like the way that you're supposed to take a bite of a sandwich and they look like a parakeet choking on a donut it's like you know some people that's just their thing that's their um thing and then some people are like oh I just couldn't eat like possibly another bite and then they go home and they powerhouse two hamburgers and they're like man I just needed the boys to like me you know what I mean I just feel like that's the thing where Kim Kardashian is like I'm sure she like eats two leaves of lettuce uh, and then like definitely puts cucumbers over her eyes but I bet that when she goes home she sweats up a mean one and you know what I mean like that's happening in their house I just am saying she's secretly my blood sister. Not a big deal. It's like a swarthy people. Okay, that sounds fucked up too. I mean warm climate because I'm a cold climate person and that's what's so weird about it is that all of a sudden I'm sweating buckets and it's like, why is this happening? You're a cold climate person. But so anyway, people would get concerned about my face and it would be all red. And so when I'm at yoga, I sweat so much that that it, first of all, drips but like kind of pours off of me. It sort of funnels off of me and onto my mat so badly that I have to bring extra tools because my hands and feet won't stay when I'm doing downward dog because I start slipping. And so I I got a towel for my hands so that the grip will stay. And then my feet started sliding, which means that my hands are sweating and my toes are sweating so much that I'm sliding off of my mat. So like, it's not cute. Anyway, 
So what I'm saying is I, I have to take a shower out. After that, it's like I'm not comfortable if I don't, if I don't. Uh, so that was that point. But I just have to tell you. And here's the thing. You can have prescription strength deodorant. My sister has it. Well, she did in the past. But it's just like nothing I can do can stop this. And I don't want to be untrue to who I am. Um, but also I'm just really afraid of getting breast cancer, <laughs> which is why I don't get the uh, antiperspirant with the aluminum anymore. Mm. And parabens, stuff like that. So I use natural deodorant, which, man, I told you that story. Dude, if my, some people really don't like that, let me tell you. And to me, I, okay, anyway, not important. All right, so the one thing I have to do that day, getting back to my point, um, the cure for being afraid of going outside is that the the one thing I have to do that day is do yoga because I know that that is the thing that will bring me closer to um, doing other things because it gives you um, energy. So I know that if I do yoga, then I'll take a shower. And I also know that if I take a shower, I'm more likely to put on clothes. And if I put on clothes, I'm more likely to be ready to go outside. And if I set an appointment that's for like a few hours after that, and it's at like night, so it's like there's no way that I'm still sleeping if I went to yoga, then it's like, okay, then I could see human beings. And then it's like, okay, I could... um not, I could uh, avoid crying for another two hours. So, you know, that's the, the small increments of improvement for depression. Honestly, this is one of the things that I think to myself about it um, because, and uh, I guess let me be clear, I am talking about, I'm so depressed and it's so lame and it's just weird and difficult because like I didn't, I thought of myself as like a panic person and not a depression person. But the thing I find that helps is if you tell yourself, what can I do right now to make me 10% happier? And I can always find something that'll make me 10% happier. Sometimes it's chocolate. Sometimes it's a talking to a specific person. Because some people you're like, Mm-mm, that's going to be like a 5%. No, not worth it. Um, <laughs> so I hope you're on my 10% list. <laughs> anyway, um, so make a short list of one to three things you have to do in a day. And then you go to yoga. And let me just say, I have been going to yoga. I'm very fancy. I did it three days in a row and now I'm buff. It's incredible. But I was sweating so much. It's embarrassing. But honestly, I've given up. I don't know if it's the older I get. I think it's just the more, I guess it is the older I, I get, but it's just like, I just couldn't care less what you think. Like, if you can't deal with the fact that I sweat sometimes, I don't. Why would I speak to you? Like, I'm not embarrassed. I, I I take that power from you. I sweat so much because you know what? I was really getting my namaste on. And do you know how much it purifies your spirit, you fucking dorkwad? Get the fuck out of my face, you bully. Eat my nuts. Savasana. <laughs> That's what it's called when you lay down at the end of class. <laughs> so they have all these t-shirts that are like... I'm just here for the savasana. <laughs> oh my God, I hate the commercial aspect. It's so aggressive. It's so, oh, white lady. God, but I really need to do the yoga. Anyway, I'm flexible now. <laughs> All right, so um, what else is dope to do in the winter? <clears throat> okay, what's my next symptom? You know, I don't have enough I don't have, um, <laughs> I feel like I hate myself. What should I do? Well, Lainey, 
it sounds like that's stupid. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) No, it sounds like you, Elena Lennartz, need to give yourself some activities so that you can feel active, engaged, awake, distracted, and you can experience the satisfaction of creating a product and then seeing the result. Wow, how rewarding this feels for you, Lainey Leonards, a creator. Paint a picture and then you can show people, hey, look at my pretty painting I made, which is literally (laughs) what I do. And it's like, you can make it sound cool, like the people who really care about me are like, oh my God, like, I just can't wait to see what you make. Like, you know, it's just amazing to see what you can create. And it's like, all right. But honestly, it's really more like, look, I can show all my friends I painted this pretty picture. (laughs) That's so stupid. But I mean, that's the, the childlike excitement of making, being proud of something you made. That's what it is. It's like, you better. So I guess it's it's kind of like, well, go do something you'd be proud of because afterwards, honestly, you'll probably be fucking proud. <laughs> like, And it's hard to, hard to harsh somebody's mellow when they're feeling proud and they really, really believe in it. So try to get that feeling going. <laughs> All right. So that's some of the stuff you should do. Um, you should do yoga with all the commercialist white ladies. Oh my God. Dude though. Oh my God. I don't want other people to get this. I don't want them to find out about my scheme, but I have been going to free yoga for months. (laughs) Cause I've been running a scheme on these bitches. I've been running a train on their ass. Like, oh my God. I, Ooh, dude, it's, I don't want to give it away because I don't want them to take it from me because it's a foolproof scheme. But I, I think I'll be okay. Anyway, I'm just so poor I can't I can't I can't pay for it. But so I was trying to find what I what exercise I was gonna do. And uh it, my <laughs> gentleman friend has recommended to me that yoga is not enough and I should be doing kickboxing. And he has brought that up to me. Mm, perhaps it was every day for a week. But no, I'm kidding. It wasn't that often, but it was like I honestly don't. And the funny thing is that he actually does mean like, I honestly think that you'll be happier if you, you know, you have so much energy, like you, like uh, frustrated energy that you will probably feel better if you do something more kind of explosive, which is a problem I have, especially when I'm not performing because I don't get to get on stage. And as my mom would say, yell and stomp around and scream a lot. And that's true. And then when that uh, frustration builds up enough, I... um, Sorry, I hit my own water bottle. (laughs) Gong. I'm into yoga now. (laughs) Okay, anyway, that's my new water bottle that I also stole. Okay, so anyway, (laughs) don't tell the yogis. No, I just keep getting free yoga because you could just keep signing up. Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm from smaller places. But so I've always thought, like, couldn't you just keep getting the free trial and keep going? And so I've just been doing that and it's just highly effective because there's so many, uh, you know, if you go to a chain, there's a ton of them in one city and the there's an ever-rotating um, shift of people who are teaching it and staffing it because they're not getting paid enough for them to do that as their full-time job. Um, so nobody ever recognizes you. So like, I just go to yoga all the time. I just make a... F- I just make a new email address every time I want a new free week. And then you make a Google voice number to go with it. Like, <laughs> I already have like four email addresses. I already could do that with my own. Set. So like, how wrong is that? You know, 
How wrong is it? Aaron, a one out of 10, how wrong is that? Exactly. It depends on how you look at bad. So you could make an argument that you're like, I'm a good gal. They're because they're like, it's a super commercial because it's like an evil corporate industry. It's like a corporate thing. So like, I would feel bad about it if it was like an independent studio where I was taking away the pay, like the wages of people who were working and earnestly engaged in their practice. But it's a chain that is going to pay them the same regardless of whether or not I'm there. So I just go to the class. And also they're, the whole time you're there, they're trying to push you like all of this, like um, it's like being at the tennis pro shop. Like there's all this gear you're supposed to have to go with it. And it's like, that's, that's like a bastardization of like what the meaning of this probably should be. So this is just a fitness class, you know, but also some of the teachers are are into the, you know, are more, a lot of the teachers are, engaging in the, you know, I guess self-consideration that is involved with that kind of thing. It's just weird too, because it's, you know what it is? It's weird because it's, whether or not it's built like this, it's kind of a spiritual thing in like historically. So I think it always kind of has that underpinning. And then that's how they get you is by adding in tank tops, you know? So it's like, the thing is, the number one positive thing I can do for my brain, for my mental health is exercise. And that is the only, I mean, honestly, it's kind of the only thing I can control. Like that and like going to the therapist and like having medication prescribed to me. But other than like just those things, it's just only like exercising. Like there's a lot of stuff I could do that help, but almost none of them help as much as exercising does, which is just insane, you know? So if the only way I can get myself to do this is that I have found it really convenient because there are more locations of this place that whenever I need it, I can go. Even if I miss it, there's still, you know, I can find another place that I can do it and it's all standard and it's the same every time and I'm anonymous, which is something that I like. I'm anonymous and nobody notices me, but I'm in this atmosphere that kind of um, makes me feel comfortable and invisible but I'm still, you know, really active and doing something for myself. Um, then, so that's like one of the only things I can control. So if this place, you know, is the only way I'm able to do it, it's the way I'm able to do it. That's just how it is. Because the fact that I can do it even one day of the month is like a miracle. So I, you know, I went the past three days. So it's like, damn, that's worth something. And then, they're also, and it's like, so for me, that kind of emotional well being is stimulated by that, which is also connected to my spiritual beliefs. And so the fact that this is supposed to be sort of like that, but you know, I'm not saying that, but the thing is, you're going to a fucking corporate chain. Like, are, is this person, um, you know, worthy to be deemed my leader? No, because it's not about that. Should I think that that person should be able to then turn around and sell me tank tops? Like, no, not really, but that's... So I guess what I'm saying is like part of what I get out of it, I mean, but it's not about that. It's just because that's how I know to... That's the only way I can do it. I just have to go. Um, but anyway, I guess what I'm saying is I see it as not hurting anybody because they're like a corporate entity, entity that is also always trying to get something out of me. And 
will. Like they're probably about to get, get my money. And I'm probably, you know, like once I, honestly, once I start my job and like have money, I will give it to them. But I guess my reasoning was like, I literally cannot get a job if I don't go to yoga right now. So I'm not going to pay for it. So <laughs> I don't know. I'll get back at you, yoga studio. <laughs> but okay, so here's what I'm saying. If you've got the winter blues, why don't you try scamming a local yoga studio? I think it'll be just for you. Anyway, this is Lainey Leonard's checking in with KPOW talking about the winter wonderland that is seasonal depression. So let's... Uh, Give a shout out to Aaron on the ones and twos. Also, Felicia up in the PBS Newscopter. How is it going up there? It looks like you've murdered some birds. Awesome, girl. Good to hear from you. Well, let's get ready for Freaky Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Catch you on the other side. Okay, well, that was the rant. And uh, I know it was pretty intense. And you know what? The winter is pretty intense. And I want to say that uh, I'm excited to bring our sponsor today because I am... I'm feeling the intensity of winter, but I'm also looking towards the excitement of the future. And I've got a ton of good news coming and I got some of it today and it scared me. It scared the shit out of me. But what I can say is that this is lining up to be an awesome 2019. I am so excited. I am going to be 29 in 2019. I'm going to be slaying the game. I'm going to be putting it down on them hoes and I'm going to be fucking shit up. So you better believe that I'm coming for you and I will eat your snacks. <laughs> So here's what the future looks like for me. This is, uh, I guess, maybe the last thing I'll tack on to my rant is that, hey, if you want to feel good, look at your future. And uh, I got some good news today. I am meeting with a bunch of new venues. Um, I have a really awesome opportunity coming up. So I'm excited to share that with you guys in the future. Um, so everything in comedy is going super well. Everything with the podcast is going really awesome. I love making it. And I just got a job offer today. So that's good news. It's a good job. So I could uh, take care of myself, buy my own throw pillows, and it's really good insurance. So I take that as when Super Mario eats something that's like a really big bonus. I'm, I'm going to grow and be like the kind where even the poison can't stop me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what I'm saying about the haters. Don't try to fuck with me right now. I ate a magic mushroom and I'm going to race car this shit off you. I bounce. I bounce. I've got extra lives saved up. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I got a new job. So everything's going good. I had uh, somebody help me a ton with it and it made me realize I thought my resume was perfect because I like studied writing at a liberal arts college. You know, I had a lot of very bougie resources and I did have like tutoring on what your resume is supposed to look like and stuff like that. And then somebody helped me with it and I was like, oh shit, it's supposed to look like that? Damn. <laughs> so I did not know I needed career, career service counseling, career counseling services, but they helped me so much and I just got this really awesome job offer. So um, our sponsor for this week is very appropriate. It's Lainey is brought to you this week by job counseling platform, Peekaboo. Uh, like a lot of my listeners, I struggle with finding a balance between my passion projects, my finances, and my schedule. As you may have heard, it's really hard to find a day job that supports my core beliefs, treats employees well, and is flexible enough that I can still make my art. You know, I'm going to need a lot of art time. <laughs> this is a common complaint amongst millennials coming into a different job market without the reassurance of company loyalty or the reward for years of service. Peekaboo was created with these unique circumstances in mind. So it's super relevant to people our age, <laughs> Kelly, in order to empower job seekers. This is why they were created in order to empower job seekers, counsel artists and find the best workplace fit for young professionals, which I didn't even realize was like a choice you had. <laughs> if you're an activist, an artist, 
an educator, all people that I know, you probably already know that finding a job that pays well is super difficult and also nearly useless. Peekaboo offers dozens of career counseling services to tutor young professionals on fitting in. We don't sometimes learn the skills that we actually need. <laughs> Peekaboo coaches are called seekers and they are fully certified in interview coaching, personal statement doctoring, and facial expression adjustment to make sure that you, the hider, if you will, uh, are able to put your best foot forward in an interview situation by concealing any of your incongruent true feelings. You are special. And I know this because you listen to this show. And if you listen to this show, you're definitely fucking special. <laughs> you are special because you're passionate, unique, and motivated. In short, you want to make amazing and thought-provoking change in the world around you. Don't let that get in the way of your job search. Repress your true feelings and train out your unsavory personal opinions by signing up for a free consultation with a peekaboo seeker. Simply send your resume and personal statement to a trained professional and they'll work with you until it is so unremarkable that you are guaranteed to be swimming in job offers. Submit your info at www.comefindme.com to start your complimentary consultation like I did. And remember, you are absolutely unique. I am very certain of that. And Peekaboo will help you shed that ostentatious trait with golf lessons, intellect simplification, and quick speak tutoring. Peekaboo where starving artists become budget sedan owners. Okay, well, that is our sponsor for the week. And we have got a ton of stuff going on as a show. And by we, I mean me, myself, and I, because guess who it is? It's Laney, bitch, deal with it. Eat my butt. You know what I mean? I'm 29 this year. You can't even, you don't even know what I'm going to do because I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, man. But... Um, yeah, I've been hearing a lot of, you know what, the the final victory that I want to mention or positive thing that I want to highlight is that I've been hearing a lot of awesome stuff from you guys, and that's really exciting. Um, part of that is through Patreon. I've got some really awesome new followers this week, and so I'm super, super, super excited about that. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing I'm trying to work on right now. Um, but I've been meeting people there and having people send me these uh you know, messages or kind of give me feedback on the show or send me a motherfucking question, which is what I'm about to read. And um, I guess I just want to say I really appreciate the thought that people are putting into this. And I really love that this is something that people are actually asking me. It's cool to be able to have somebody asks me, ask me something that they actually care about and for me to be able to talk about it. It's kind of an honor that people actually want to hear what I have to say. So <laughs> I hope not to abuse that privilege, Kelly. But you know what, girl, a bitch got a bitch. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about me. You're just a whore. Okay. <laughs> Don't call women whores. I am just messing. I'm just pulling your chain. Okay. <laughs> but the point is, um, you know what? In comedy, Definitely in comedy and in doing this podcast, I find um, a lot of the, <laughs> this sounds cheesy, but a lot of the truest joy that I gain from it is from interacting with people that listen to it and who relate to it. So um, I don't, it just kind of hits me emotionally. It's like, it's so much to think that because I spend so much of the time feeling that like nothing I do matters in terms of art. And that's the, you know, classic starving artist. That's what, that's what it is to be an emotional and brooding artist. How romantic. I'm a manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> People don't know that actually means panic attacks, you know? 
<laughs> I've got a, a delicate constitution. Like I should be like those paintings and walk everybody everywhere with a parasol so the sunlight doesn't hit my lily white baby skin. <sighs> I'm white. I'm white, folks. Um, but my point is, thank you for talking to me. <laughs> you know what? That's what it is. Thank you for fucking talking to me. I needed some people to talk to me and I appreciate it. We're friends now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you when I eat barbecue. <laughs> I did have some Middle Eastern food this week. It was very good. Um, okay. So uh, I really appreciate it. Keep it going. Send me any questions you have. And this is this week's. And um, it is an honor. It is very emotional. And it's uh, right up my alley. So here we go. Brace yourselves. All right. This is the motherfucking question. I received this in two parts. The first one is motherfucking question backstory. When I was 11, a man from church came over to return Tupperware and took some extra time to tell my dad in front of me that I had a great body. Mm -hmm. I know. Aaron just turned around and looked at me horrified. I know. Me too. He really emphasized it. Ew. I was extremely uncomfortable. Absolutely. Uh, yes. And I felt so gross afterwards. So then the, the motherfucking question is, do I send him a letter telling him how his words affected me? Whoa. Yeah, that is a very intense question. And the way I want to start this answer is with a story. So the first thing I thought about when I read this story and this question, which again, thank you so much for sharing your life with me. We are now um, one in body and blood. I am your Lord and Savior, Lainey Christ. Okay, don't tell anybody I said that, please. It's so embarrassing. Uh, The first thing I thought when I heard this story, um, you know, it's so astonishing. And I just saw Aaron have a reaction here in the studio and he freaked out and turned around. And that's how I know that something's like really intense because sometimes I say fucked up things and don't realize that what I'm thinking is fucked up until Aaron turns around and is like, holy shit, do you need to like call someone about that? Um, But I read this and at first you're like, oh my God. And then I'm like, oh no, that kind of thing. I I could see how that could happen. Like I, I remember feeling like that at one point and then I'm like oh gross ew this habit so I did feel um fortified in terms of giving an answer because I never want to be giving people advice that's like unlicensed you know I'm not like a professional and I also don't want to be saying anything that makes people feel bad but I realized that I what it came down to for me was like the the way the story made me feel and that was the you know, the kind of the last line really sums it up when when they said, I felt so gross afterwards. Oh, and this um, question, by the way, is from Bolana Torres of the Spaceship Enterprise. So <laughs> just so you know, um, this is from Bolana. So when Bolana sent me this story, anyway, um, you know, it was really summed up when it said, I felt so gross afterwards. And then I realized, you know, why this you know, especially resonates with me is that that's a feeling that I've had for sure. And that's a feeling that I remember having as a young girl. And one of the things that's so astonishing about this is that like 11 is so young, like so young, like it's definitely, I mean, let's be honest, I guess you asked for my opinion. That's just pedophile age, straight up. That's pedophile age, no doubt. And I remember at one point, and I feel like I probably was like 11 or 12 and I was in, it was the summer and I was wearing a tank top and it was one of those tank tops that's like a quote unquote cami. So it was like, you don't wear a bra under it. There's like a shelf built in as a bra. Aaron's nodding his head. Excellent knowledge of women's garments, Aaron. Thank you so much. Um, You're really, you really always come prepared for the show. (laughs) 
Um, so I was wearing one of those and I was like 11 or 12 and listen, I don't want to be rude, but I did blossom early. So (laughs) everybody imagined that. No, I'm so sorry. That was such a weird thing to say. No, I just, you know, puberty is really fucking weird for everybody. And it's super weird because I do think I kind of (laughs) like women get boobs before their brain catches up with them. It's so weird. Like that should not happen. You should not have them. And I'm just saying for me, that was the thing where I had them before I like, oh my God, I I was a child with breasts. You know what I mean? I developed quickly. Oh, terrifying. But anyway, you know, they're my superpower. Let's not worry about it. But um. I related it to it because I was also around the same age and we were in this store and I remember my mom, I don't even know who she looked at, but she said, I don't like the way that guy looked at you. And then after, but, but after that, I had to change what I wore. It was like, you can't wear that anymore. I don't like the way that man looked at you. And it was like, because my mom was protective of me, but I remember being number one, super creeped out because like that thought hadn't crossed my mind because I was like 11. So I was super, super grossed out. Like I felt super gross. And then number two, it was like, I have to change what I wear out. And I remember feeling kind of inconvenienced. Like why the fuck should that guy be allowed in here? And you know, why should he just, why should I have to change my clothes? Why can't he just not be allowed in here if he's going to be super gross? Like, ew. Like, I, I feel like, honestly, man, this is crazy. But I remember even at that young age feeling like, well, that's not fair. I shouldn't have to change what I'm doing. He should have to change what he's doing. What a, like, gross. Ew. Like, I don't, you know. So anyway, that was the first thing I thought um, because it was the this just this really strong memory I had tied to that feeling of of thinking I felt so gross afterwards, um, you know. And that even coupled with that moment of like, okay, you need to cover up. This is now your responsibility that you have to take care of this and you have to make sure that people don't see you this way because you're a girl, so you're responsible for how what you're wearing makes other people feel. Obviously, Britney Spears shit. You know what I'm talking about? Hit me, baby, one more time. Ow, I asked for it. Um, <laughs> Oh man. So that's my first thought. Um, My next thought is, so the question when we're getting down to it, so I've addressed the backstory. Here's the question. Do I send him a letter telling him how his words affected me? My answer is write it. 100% write it. I'm not saying send it, but I'm saying undoubtedly write it because if you want to write that you want to write that for a reason and like because if you're even thinking about it it's because you have something that you want to express and you want to write a letter you you know because and that's really specific it's like this person didn't say um you know should I talk to my dad about how this made me feel or should I tell my therapist about it or you know whatever but it's or or should I you know um block this person out of my life or whatever. And I don't know what the situation is and I don't know what the the kind of ripple effects are. Um, but I do think that if it's something even floating, you know, in regards to me having, if I was having the same thought 
I think it would be, it sounds like something really healthy to write that down. And regardless of what you do with it, to be able to look at it and say, this is how I felt. And like, I was able to work through something by um, kind of examining it closer and, you know, according to your personal beliefs or options or whatever. It's like, do I have people who sharing this with would be constructive and would make me feel supported? Like, that's awesome. Um, The tricky part of this is it says, you know, do I send him a letter telling him how his words affected me? My first thought about that is like, why the fuck didn't your dad say anything? The fuck? Like, that's my first thought is what the fuck did he think he was doing? Saying that shit in your father's home? He looked him in the eyes. He saw that shit. That's okay. Um, And I don't know the situation. So that could just be my reaction coming from a place of, I don't know, not trusting men. Um, But... My first thought is, you know, what would help you the most? And that's kind of how I look at stuff like this. It's like, would it help me to, you know, tell a person about their behavior? Would it be something that could make the world a better place that might, you know, be a drop in the bucket? Or would it be healthier and better in terms of the world for me to process it the way I need to without having any of the emotions associated with that person being able to communicate with me or say things that are callous or, um, you know, not react in an appropriate way because it seems that's wildly inappropriate. Um, And, you know, I think that's something, like I said, obviously I'm not a professional and, but I think that's something that is particularly poignant in this time, especially because we're in this kind of um, post-Me Too era, uh, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, Weinstein revealed, Woody Allen, Bill Cosby-ass dark timeline (laughs) where people are starting to acknowledge when shit happens that's wrong. And the thing about it that's hard is that like, you know, like I saw Aaron turn around in shock. And on one hand, this is really shocking, really inappropriate, really weird. And on the other hand, part of me as a woman gets really angry because it's like, I I don't know that shit been happening. You know what I mean? Like, I know that this is happening because it's happening to the people around me and I see it fucking happening and it's disgusting. And we've just been ignoring it. You know what I mean? And now, oh, okay, now it's like, okay, now I can mention it, but can we not... The the thing is now people will know about it because a lot of men are like, oh, I know I could get in trouble for it. But it's like, maybe you should think about the fact that this has been happening for hundreds of years and that's what's fucked up about it. You know what I mean? It's not just that this stuff happens. It's that it's only now inappropriate. That's what's fucked up about it. So I guess what I'm trying to say with that is I share your outrage. I'm so sorry that happened to you. That is horrible. It is ridiculous. And you are amazing. And thank you for sharing with us because that's a very strong thing to do, like to share and to get for me to be able to talk about this, for me to be able to learn that about someone else and to be able to, you know, have that then connect with a story that I have myself is really, really freeing. Um, So I feel like that's part of why I'm so thankful for getting a question like that because, uh, man, it shows me that um, even, you know, even though sometimes I don't know it, there are people who are listening to me who are, I mean, I guess kind of kindred spirits, you know, it's like, um, 
it's amazing to hear about kind of a common experience like that and to hear that I'm um, speaking to people who have, you know, considerations, who have thoughts, who are working through stuff that's, that's um, you know, so in line with how I feel about the world. And that I think for everybody is super key because everything is so polarized now. You know, we're living in this reality show and being able to have a single moment of sharing and understanding is, you know, I don't take that for granted <laughs> because we're in the middle of, we're in the middle of Donald Trump's winter of my heart, you know? <laughs> All right, write that down, Aaron. That's the title. It's Donald Trump's winter of my heart. God, I'm a genius. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I think definitely write it. Um, I think it's going to make you feel better. I think it's going to, um, I feel like, there could not be anything wrong or uh, what, what was I going to say? Bad, negative. I, there could not be anything negative that comes from you writing it. Um, in terms of should I send it? You know, I have no idea, you know, the context of if this person is like, you know, if I'm in the scenario, is this person in the same community? Is this person somebody that I have contact with? Is this somebody that I haven't seen in years? Is this somebody who is bothering other people? Is this somebody who is going to be around my children? Is this somebody who, um, you know, is using a position of power to be weird? Is this somebody who uh, still needs Tupperware? These are the questions that I want to know the answers to. The Tupperware moment was particularly like, if you were going to be so extra about it, just keep the goddamn Tupperware, Todd. You know what I mean? Like, don't come up in my house trying to give me a Ziploc back and talk some shit. Get the fuck out of here before I punch you in the nose. I would punch this person in the nose for you. Um, so as far as do I send it, here's, okay, let's just talk about what I would do if it was me. Um, Again, not knowing any of the, you know, kind of extraneous details. I would not because I think that, you know, and this comes up a lot, but it's, uh, I think that if this were a situation where a lot of people were getting hurt from it, or I felt like this person had power, or I felt like the people around them, no, or I felt like this person had power, that would be something I would feel like, you know, then I had a choice about, like, I had to either decide to either act on it or not act on it. Um also, like, would that make the person consider what they had said? Because there are a lot of different kinds of people. And it's like, there are some people, there are some ways, and this is something really difficult that I feel like we're all trying to find our own relationship with because there's this culture of like internet outing for things like this and, and media outing. Um, and I do, and, and it's hard because like, I honestly, you know what? Let me just uh, open it up. I'll, I'll say another story that this reminds me of, which is that, oh my God, this story, whoo, so intense. Um, okay, so now we find ourselves faced with the this idea. Do we have to tell the public about this person's mistreatment of women or children, you know, small girls? Um, would it affect anything if I spoke to that person, is this like a human being who made a mistake and can understand this? Or is this a person who um, is a nightmare, um, you know, is a double nightmare? Uh, and then the third consideration that I think of is, um, would it do me more emotional harm to engage with this person than it would offer healing to the world or future 
people he, or avoid suffering, then it would offer, you know, healing or, or avoidance of suffering to the world. Um, because I do, like I said, believe that it, you know, it's not the relation or it's not the responsibility of people who, of oppressed peoples to educate their oppressors on their oppression. You know, that's just a thing. And it's like, I know I'm a white lady saying this, but yeah, whew, with anything, you just got to be real aware. Like, you know, sometimes you see people talking and it's like, well, I'm not going to understand racism if somebody doesn't say it to me. It's like, then get a fucking book, Carol. Are you kidding me? It's not her job to tell you that you had slaves, bitch. Be responsible for your grandpappy <laughs> and stop wearing cotton sweaters. Um, but so, you know, those are the three things that I'm looking at. I would say from, and this is this, okay. So this is the story is that I, I had a Me Too moment, which was, you know, when everybody started posting their their Facebook statuses. Or no, 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 maybe not. No, this is something I had dealt with before, which is that when I was, God, I want to say 22 or something, and I was really shy and neurotic and panicky with men. Like I have a very strange history with men with a lot of like, you know, just kind of panic attacky stuff. And um, I guess <laughs> trauma, which I really hate using the word. I'm going to have to think of a, like a, a better word for me because I don't, it sounds buzzwordy and it's not like that. It's like, I didn't realize that, oh, this is fucked up to be like afraid of men, you know? Um, but so one of my like earliest sexual partners just started, He it's just like, I've had a lot of men be very aggressive to me without asking. And the thing is like, for, you know, there is, you know, consent is important. And also like being clear and communicative about the stuff that you're doing sexually or emotionally is important. And the thing is people can tell you, there's a difference between being clear about communicating it and that person not paying attention to it and being clear about communicating it and that person um, is asking you because they actually want to know. Um, but then the third option is that you don't communicate it and then that's a big issue. And uh, it happens a lot with people who um, are uncomfortable talking about their feelings or are uncomfortable talking about sex. And usually <laughs> most people are one or the other. Um, but so I was... Um, sleeping with this guy and he um, he just was very aggressive and like would just do stuff without asking. And he started like choking me during sex without asking. And I was young enough that I just kept, I just let it happen. And I remember thinking to myself, like I'm like, this person could murder me right now and I don't know if they're going to. And then making a thought and then thinking like, I don't think he's going to murder me. So I guess I shouldn't say anything, which, oh man, what an encapsulation of the female experience. I literally just this dude was choking me and I was just like, I don't think he's going to murder me. So I shouldn't say anything, you know, that's so fucked up. Um, but years later when I was having my, I think it was like two, three years later, I was having my <laughs> emotional breakdown and, um, this was in Minneapolis and I went back to Minneapolis and I was hammered. It was when I was drinking heavily and, um, this person didn't know that that was weird and they didn't know that I remembered it for three years, you know, and had since been in trouble for um, other stuff like that. And this is not the right way to do it, but in the middle, 
Honestly, we were taught, it's really fucked up too, because I switched between um, angrily yelling about my mistreatment and then trying to get him to have sex with me. So that's a little bit of a draw back the curtain on how fucking crazy some somebody can get. Um, but I think I had a messed up, you know, <laughs> relationship in my mind with the way that his attention worked, you know, uh, paying attention to me. And, um, but so... Yeah, we were talking for like 20 minutes. And then uh, at one point I just, and I was hammered. And at one point I just all of a sudden in the middle of, I think he was saying a sentence and I just stopped listening. And I finally just cut him off and was like, you started choking me when we used to have sex and you never asked me. And that super fucked me up. Why didn't you ask? And I just like yelled it. Like, why didn't you ask me before choking me? And he was like in the middle of the sentence and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, you remember when we used to have sex and you like never asked me and then you would, and he would, and his answer, he was like, you were into that kind of thing. And I was like, huh. <laughs> huh. And it was like, and I had a friend there with me and it was, you know, terrifying because all of a sudden a woman was screaming this in public. Uh, so it was pretty fucked up, but he panicked and looked around. His first thought was to panic and look around and like be afraid that people were going to think he was hurting me. Um, that was his first instinct. And then I looked at the girl next to me and she essentially was like, she was like, yeah, that was a really fucked up way to say that, but... Yeah, you got a good point. <laughs> but she was like, but yeah, man, why didn't you ask her that? And I was like, hell yeah, girl, right? That's fucking weird, dude. You're not hot. Um, but yeah, he was just like, you were into that. And the thing is, <laughs> it ends up it is it ends up being kind of an empowering story because I I but when I tell it, but I I think I only have shame and regret about that. Um, like even in that interaction, I feel horrible about it because I feel like it made me feel like I was causing trouble and I was like bringing up old stuff and I was bothering someone and it wasn't, you know, my, it was like so hurtful to this person to, you know, bring that up and possibly, you know, like <laughs> I'm already on house arrest. How could you say that in public? <laughs> that was the situation. Um, but it makes me feel bad because I, I, you know, I guess I let it build up so much that when I, when I said it, it was an outburst and I feel like I attacked somebody and like, like it's not fair, but you know, but the, but in reality, I think, I think it's fucking fair. In reality, I think that's fucking fair. Like just because the, the, the way the world is and because that person wasn't not doing that to other people, you know? And like, if I had, I wouldn't plan it that way. Um, I wouldn't do it that way on purpose. But I will say that I have a lot of like, I feel really ashamed of that. I feel like I did something wrong and gross, even though I think that really it was something that I carried with me for so many years that I, I had to say it. Um, and I still feel like gross about it, but I, I, but I do feel like I didn't do anything wrong. Honestly. So, so I guess what I'm saying is it's a, it's a, you know, it's a complex relationship with the way that you address somebody and the way that you have control over, you know, who you talk to about what you want to talk to about. Um, 
<clears throat> I would say if this is somebody who like had power or was hurting other people, you know, a lot of the times we kind of address the community in that sense because I don't know why the fuck we would ever trust this person to give a shit. This sounds like a dirtbag. And regardless of how nice they've been in other ways and how holy they are with the church and how much they're involved in anybody's life, that's a bullshit thing to do to a person. And I guess I just think about it like if I had a kid, somebody said that shit to my kid, they don't live in my town anymore. You know what I mean? Like that person, I don't give a fuck what else they're attached to. That person's done. Like I don't need to talk to them to tell them shit. You chose to do that. You crossed that line. You know what I mean? And now I'll deal deal with it how I need to deal with it. But you have shown that you do not have good decision-making skills person. So you know what? I'm going to say you either alert the people around them or you figure out your own emotional health because that's more important. But that person isn't going to do shit because that person's crap. You know, that person's crap. Telling them isn't going to mean shit. Even if they were to feel bad, that they might make you feel guilty with that because I feel guilty. Uh, so I can tell you, like, maybe that would even happen just from, you know, it doesn't make sense, but it happens. Um, and I don't want... And I want um, more than anything, I want... You know what it is? I want women to feel empowered and strong and confident. And I think that you deserve to feel... Like, fuck that shit. And you deserve to feel like not only are you in charge, but like that shouldn't happen to you. And also, <laughs> I don't know, man, we got your back because what the fuck? I can tell you, let me let me just rate this real quick on a scale from one to 10. That's a strong, what the fuck are you talking about here? Get the hell out of here with that shit. You know what I'm saying? So that person has no right to hear anything that you feel. They don't get access to your emotions because you are more important to them and they're a piece of shit. So again, man, thank you so much for sharing with us. And I think this is really timely because it's about how we hold people responsible for this kind of thing, which I think we as a nation are really struggling with right now. And um, so I guess I'll tell you my position thus far is, you know, honestly, my position thus far, thus far is burn them to the fucking ground because I hate it when people get up in my face talking about, well, what if they didn't know? Well, what if he didn't know his friend was doing this? I don't give a fuck. This is happening so much, so extensively, ruining so many lives, hurting so many people, and so systemically integrated that I do not give a shit if they were innocent until proven guilty or something. They are guilty by association with the the structure of patriarchal oppression in this country. So I'm not, I'm just not trusting any white dudes right now, not in a group. That's what I'm saying. Because people are like, oh man, you're so, oh yeah, I'm a straight white male. That's horrible. And it's like, no, in a group, y'all are fucked up. That's what I'm saying. And I don't trust any of you. And you can say I'm a good person all day long, but if you are a white man in a group, y'all are fucked up. I am telling you that definitively. It is a cultural fact because you've been running shit. You know, other people have not been running shit. So if you're in your bag when you're with all these other white dudes and what that means is that you are liable to slip into the habit, the happenstance and the simplicity and the um, pleasant denial of patriarchy, which is why people who are concerned about making a better world make an effort to surround themselves with people who are different than them and to learn about things outside what they know. Um, so how do we hold people responsible? I don't know, but I can tell you right now, 
burn them to the fucking ground. I sure as fuck will. Okay. All right, you guys. I <laughs> I know I've mentioned it quite a bit, so I'm excited that I've heard from you guys. And please, please keep uh, reaching out to me. You can always find me uh, on Instagram at Lainey Leonard's, on Twitter and Facebook at Lainey Leonard's as well. Please, my biggest thing, like I said, the biggest thing that's most important to me right now is my Patreon. So even if you only give $1 a month, that would be amazing. Please, please, please sign up for my Patreon. I'm um, making pins and sending them out with custom artwork, uh, surprise artwork and a personal written note. So I have almost reached my goal for once I reach the first 25 people, then we will, um, then I'll be able to ship them all out. So I'm just waiting to send these pens and I'm very excited. So um, join my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Lainey Leonard's comedy. Um, Additionally, I want to give a shout out to Kevhead13. <laughs> hey man, what's your middle name? Uh, Kevhead13, thank you so much for leaving me a review. It was, I love hearing these reviews because hearing how somebody else describes you is number one, hilarious. And number two, sometimes it's really, really nice and comforting. And honestly, when you're a comedian, truly, honestly, nobody gives you compliments. Like, that you believe. And so hearing some, there's no bigger compliment than hearing somebody describe you in a unique way and it being like, oh my God, I had no idea people thought of me that way because I feel like I'm doing a horrible job constantly. Um, so it really means something, something to me. And again, thank you. So this review, uh, the title was, yeah, if you really want to know what's going on in your wife or girlfriend's head, <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm just id. All right, dope, dope, dope. Uh, Five-star review. Unfiltered freeform comic rants from one of Chicago's finest. Well, thank you. I am quite fine. <laughs> the spontaneous brought to you buys are hilarious. Thank you. I'm so glad I get to do them. Um, BTYBs, baby. <laughs> so if you want to see one of Chicago's finest, that's me, bitch. <laughs> you can see me at Chicago Underground Comedy on Tuesday, the 11th of December at 9 p.m. This is one of my favorite shows, so feel free to come. It's awesome. On the 14th, I'm going to be at a Secret Santa that you're not fucking invited to. You're not one of us. You can't sit next to us. Saturday the 22nd, I will be hosting the Comedy Cabaret at the Comedy Bar at 11 p.m. It's going to be really awesome. Hit me up if you want tickets. Uh, and you can also see my art on Instagram at Lainey Made It. Uh, so it's my name and then Made It because I made it. Uh, in January, I am producing a show on the 11th. So keep your calendars marked for more details on that. And I'm working on a lot of new live shows in Chicago that I'm excited to share with you. So please um, subscribe to the podcast. Give it five stars and give it a review on iTunes. That would super help me out. But the biggest thing um, is if you join my Patreon, I promise to be your friend for as long as I keep that $1. <laughs> Man, this week has been an interesting week. I think we accomplished a lot. I think we really did it. I think, and you know what? I think we should focus on the future. We're moving forward. We're moving on up. We're going to murder some men. Not a big deal. I have a list. It's handwritten. I burn it in a fire. I own voodoo dolls that I hand-stitched in college. That last part is true. And I keep them with my jewelry. And it's really cool for a new man to come over because then they can see not only that, but also continuous bottles of medication lying about casually as if to say, this pussy gonna be good, but you go pay for it. You know what I mean? That's me. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Lainey and you... 
get out there and make it a good week. 